Hello, guys. Thanks for tuning in to the Not The Top 20 podcast betting show. It's the second weekend of the EFL season that we are focusing on this week. I'm Ali Maxwell, and on the line, George Ellick. How are you doing, George? Hi, mate. Yeah, I'm good. How are you? Very, very well. Uh, how are you finding punting on the EFL so far this season? <coughs> you said that opening weekend is one of your favourite weekends to punt on. What about second weekend, where we've got a little bit of data to work with, but not a lot? Yeah, there's a couple that I like. Um, last weekend was fairly successful. Um, midweek was, was successful as well, backing Pompey against Birmingham. But we'll get on to Birmingham a bit later. Um, but it's yeah, I still think it's it's a similar thing where you can still be ahead of the market and you can still have your have your you know your ideas about who's weaker and who's stronger than the market suggests. So hopefully, still a bit of value knocking around. Absolutely, of course. This weekend you get teams who played at home last week playing away this week and vice versa. So um, still, to my eyes anyway, plenty to plenty still to happen until I feel like I've got a really. Uh, clear vision on things um we in the new structure of the betting show this season which is still fairly loose and still very much open to change as we go uh, last week we picked a best bet each one nap each and then two next best and we allowed ourselves the the full scope of the efl we, we're not uh, under strict orders to have one from each division this this uh this season uh, and as such, I'm actually leaving the championship alone entirely this week because there was nothing that I fancied. So um, we both won our naps last week, Exeter for me and Forest Green for you, fairly narrowly, I think it's fair to say. Uh, and outside of that, one out of four, Lincoln were a winner, uh, Huddersfield, Blackburn and Burton draw no bet were losers. So three out of six with the two naps coming in. Uh, and uh, before we get into our selections, just a reminder to those listening that uh, what we're talking about today, obviously punting is for over 18s only. Um, to learn the risks around gambling, head to gambleaware.org and please don't bet what you can't afford to lose. That's the big message from us. George, talk me through your best bet ahead of the EFL weekend. My best bet, I kind of just mentioned it there, um, is uh, Bristol City to beat Birmingham. Uh, I think this is, I mean, Birmingham obviously got their, their campaign off to uh, a very good start and a win at Brentford on the face of it, given how much um, we rate Brentford and how high Brentford are, looks like a good result. But anyone who saw um, the highlights or, or watched the game or has, has kind of read about it will know that it doesn't really tell the whole story. Uh, Brentford hit the bar twice early on, had pretty much all the chances of the game, had all the possession, were the better team, and Birmingham scored with their only shot in the whole match, not just the shot on target, <clears throat> their only shot in the game. Uh, which was a, a header from thirty from about twenty five yards uh, by Christian Pedersen. So uh, a good start to Pep Flotet's Pep reign, but at the same time, uh, alarm bells straight away. Then they go <clears throat> in midweek to Fratton Park and, and get absolutely demolished by League One Portsmouth. Obviously, they didn't play their strongest team. They had a lot of youngsters playing, but it was also not necessarily a, a particularly poor team. Uh, Dan Crowley, the uh, I guess the golden boy, the big hope for this season started in centre midfield as well and they were just taken apart again they only had one shot at all up, up to the hour mark Went once they were 3-0 down they, they managed three more so that's five shots in, in two games two of which on target uh, massive massive concerns about the way that, that they're set up I think and um, Bristol City on the other hand had an opening day defeat at home 3-1 uh, 
against Leeds. But uh, in a similar story, I think that Leeds are the class team in this league. We saw straight away that they maintain the fact that they are the ones to beat and they've justified their favouritism. Bristol City are going to have much, much easier games coming on. And and you look at the quality in their team and in their squad, uh, there's plenty of it. We had, I mean, Bristol City fancied by many to be a top four or a top five team. Uh, Birmingham fancied to be a, a, a relegation threatened team and just on the back of those opening day fixtures I see no reason even though Birmingham have the home advantage I see no reason why um, they're more likely to win in 90 minutes than Bristol City so at, at 19 to 10 uh, Bristol City is my best bet I'm heading down to League 2 for my nap League 2 heavy selections for me in general this weekend uh, Plymouth to beat Colchester 2.15 you can find with, with Bet Victor if you use odds checker to find your best price, which is always a good thing to do. Look, I'm I'm not ready to be fully on your Plymouth Ryan Lowe bandwagon yet. At the same time, you know, they were really the most impressive winners uh, in League Two last weekend, winning away at Crewe. It was a fast start uh, and they were ahead before Crewe could 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 really realise what had happened. And, and a 3-0 win, hugely impressive. So... To find them uh, over even money at home to to a Colchester side that drew one all with Port Vale, um, that as discussed in pre-season, uh, a Colchester side that I'm not just assuming is going to be a, a playoff candidate just because they were last season. Um, I have some reservations about who they lost in the summer, which I have have have, have gone through plenty of times. So let's focus on on. Plymouth. I saw a quote from Richie Wellens this week, which I think sums things up pretty well. When he was asked who he expected to challenge at the top of League Two, he spoke about Plymouth and he said, look, this is half of a team that was in League One last season, uh, albeit relegated, and half of a team that was promoted from League Two last season. So, you know, all the sort of things that you were saying at pre-season, they started so well. In Byron Moore and Joel Grant, who started up front for them uh, last weekend, how many goals are they going to get me? For Personally, the jury's still out there. But Grant, to be fair, took his goal really, really well. And Byron Moore, again, looks like a handful. He's such a mobile attacking player. His movement is good. He's, he's a skillful player. Um, so he's got plenty to offer aside from just goals. The midfield three of, of Sarsovic and Edwards sitting behind Danny Mayer, uh, I think does provide the, the balance that, that Mayer needs to thrive. So... Uh, and obviously McFadgen scoring two from left wing back is not going to happen <laughs> too too often, but uh, it just shows that his relationship with Mayer and his attacking intent is alive and well in, in, in this Ryan Lowe 3-5-2 system. So uh, on a Colchester side of things, not that impressive really, drawing one all with, uh, with Port Vale. From what I've seen watching the game back and, and looking on Y Scout, they really created just the one proper chance which they took. Uh, and it was Port Vale who arguably had the better chances on the balance of play so while Colchester had most of the ball uh, they, they were yeah unimpressive I would suggest so it could be and this is my concern that uh, you know if we can look at the end of last season they had a couple of good results uh, beating Lincoln and MK Dons in games where they had less of the ball where they were playing I guess a, a bit more on the counter-attack so it could be that Colchester are more suited to playing like that and they might find some openings uh, against Plymouth if Plymouth are, as I expect, playing on the front foot. Uh, but generally, I'm thinking Home Park's going to be rocking. Uh, Plymouth on the front foot. Uh, May are doing good things. And, you know, I, I think this is one of those nice early season prices where if Plymouth are as good as you think they're going to be and as good as they were last week. Don't, don't blame me if this goes wrong. I don't no. want that. 
No, it's fair. If if they are as good as you think they're going to be, if they're as good as they were last weekend, uh, I don't think the likes of uh, of 2.15, which Bet to Bet Victor are offering for them to win any home game, it, I think that's always going to look quite good. So Plymouth, my nap for the weekend. Uh, let's move on to other selections. We're both going to pick two more from across the EFL. And then we've got a sort of bonus, haven't we? Again, very loose-ended uh, I've got a goal scorer selection which I'm going to go through, and, and you'll find you you will have found something else which you can tell us about. But first of all, best bets from across the EFL. Next, yeah, my next uh, best. Sorry. I mean, even though we're not doing it league by league this season, uh, for some reason my three bets come from each league, and this is in League One, where at odds on, I'm backing Fleetwood to beat AFC Wimbledon. Um, I think that Fleetwood we underestimated, despite being positive about their chances. I think we underestimated them. Um, on in our uh, preview show, I am predictions uh, podcast. I should say I'm annoyed with myself for not going with my feeling against against Peterborough last weekend and backing Fleetwood where they beat Posh three um, one. I mean the the extra data for that game suggests it was a little bit closer than than uh, the scoreline in three one uh, suggested is. But at the same time, this is a Fleetwood team absolutely oozing in quality. Um, we talked about Coots being one of the signings of the summer. You add to that the likes of Josh Morris and, and Jordan Rossiter. Um, these guys came in and looked very, very comfortable straight away. Uh, some speculation that Wes Burns may be on his way today. Uh, I don't think that's been confirmed yet either way. Um, I don't think it would be a huge loss, to be honest. Um, and obviously, Ched Evans signing uh, gives them a massive boost up top and, and will definitely bring goals. And it wouldn't be a surprise to see him come straight into this uh, this game against Wimbledon. Uh, AFC went down to, to a decent Rotherham side on opening day, but Rotherham deserved to win that. And... Uh, Lots of talk about the AFC Wimbledon unbeaten run on the road, which I think goes back to February. Uh, but I'm not really too fussed about that. And, and if that's why we're getting a slightly bigger price, then then I'm I'm, I'm all I'm well happier for it. So uh, it, it is a shade of odds odds on. Nothing particularly gra- glamorous, but uh, Fleetwood. I, I wouldn't be surprised if Fleetwood were one of the only pace setters in this division. And uh, having gone to to Peterborough and got a result, I think they might make it six points from six on Saturday. Good stuff. I am taking one of my favourite teams from pre-season and a winner from last weekend, and that is Swindon, to beat Carlisle. You can get just over even money, 2.05 at 21 to 20 if you prefer your fractions. That's with Boyle Sports. Generally, uh, 1.95 is is basically what you're going to get, and some going as low as 1.9. So uh, it might be that the price goes uh, and gets back towards odds on, so I'm just going to take it while I still can. Um, Carlisle got the win against Crawley at home in their opening fixture. It's obviously been a, 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 a tumultuous summer of sorts for Carlisle because they've had a, a lot of squad churn and a lot of players coming in. But they seem to do okay. I, I think the, the key performer for them was Nathan Thomas. And, you know, he's got good memories of playing for this team and he was instantly really bright, a big threat for them. Uh, and looked electric, to be honest. So I think for Carlisle, Nathan Thomas is someone to watch for sure. But generally, that game against Crawley could have gone either way. Uh, it was a tight game. Crawley created plenty, five or six good chances against this Carlisle side. Um, and, ge- you know, generally that game played a few more times probably wouldn't end with Carlisle winning more often than not. So uh, I-, I think, you know, we saw Swindon beat Scunthorpe, hugely impressive opening day victory, very much on the counter, both of their goals. And it might be that that's what they're suited to and that they might may struggle to break teams down uh, who, who sit deep, who sit in a low block. I saw that Carlisle played 4-5-1. They, they, you know, they have the ability to sit in if needed. But the fact that Crawley were able to create 
so much against them makes me feel better about this bet. For the moment, I think Isgrove, Woolery and Anderson behind Jerry Yates looks like a really tidy um, front four. And we heard great things about um, Jordan Lydon's debut in midfield alongside Michael Doherty, who, who we know can pick apart defences at this level with that left foot. So I'm hoping that Swindon are rightful. Well, I think they are rightful favourites. I'm hoping that they're going to be the dominant team in this game. Uh, and I think that they will be able to get the win. And to be honest, if they do, it's a it's a fantastic start to the season for them. They lost to Chelsea youth in the uh, the new the newly named uh, whatever it whatever it is EFL trophy leasing leasing.com. There you go. Leasing.com trophy. There you go. In Invoice in the post leasing.com. Uh, but they but it was very much a sort of it was a few players who Wellens is trying to get rid of basically uh, and a few reserve players, not too many first team players. So not too worried about that. Swindon to beat Carlisle is is my next best bet at home around even money. If you if you shop around you should get better. Um, and that's that for me. What about your third selection? Yeah, I don't want to bang this drum too much, but anyone who listened to the Monday show, and if you haven't, then why haven't you? Um, will know that I'm uh, wasn't particularly impressed with Stephen and John on on opening uh, opening Saturday in the early game against Salford. And I'm just gonna go with my hunch a bit that maybe they are a team who are going to be really struggling this season. Um, and if so. Exeter, who who squeezed past Macclesfield with a very late goal, um, it must be said, from Ryan Bowman, um, and didn't particularly impress. Um, Maxfield had their chances during the game as well, um, and you couldn't really say they were particularly good value for that win. Um, but they're a team that I think have, have recruited well in, in, in the summer. Matt Taylor is a manager that I um, think is, is going to keep improving, who did a very good job in his opening season last season. I mean, remember how tough a job that was with... Paul Tisdale finally leaving the club and anyone who came into that role was going to have a tough time and he made it look very easily and, uh, and got them on the fringes of the, of the playoffs. Um, and Stevenage, I, as I say, I just think there's a chance that they could be really, really struggling this season. Barely barely turned up against Salford. Uh, a lot of people thinking that that was a sign that Salford might be the real deal, but I just have a feeling they were up against very, very poor opposition. So there's not much between them. Stevenage enjoy home advantage. Obviously, at a neutral venue, Exeter would be favourites, but the 17-10 to 10 about Exeter winning is uh, is attractive to me and we'll be seeing some of my money. So uh, hopefully I'll explain why. Tidy, my third and final selection is tentative, which is not a great start, is it? But I basically, having really gone through the League One games from the weekend, there's three League One teams who are two to one or longer this weekend that have piqued my interest, shall we say. Um, and they are Rochdale, who are at home to Doncaster, they are Gillingham, who are at home to Burton, and they are Wickham, who are away to Bristol Rovers. Uh, I'm going to go with Gillingham out of those three as my last selection here. I think with Wickham, while while it's it's actually not all about the fact that they obviously trounced a, a, a cobbled together Bolton side last weekend, it's more it's more to do with what their starting eleven looked like, quite strong, and the fact that they've got more bench options than we would expect them to have at this early stage of the season bit of extra investment in at, in at Wickham uh, in the last month or two. And it seems to have brought with it the ability to add a couple more quality players to the squad. You know, we saw Onya Dinma join Wheeler as well. Uh, and these are quite impressive players. So I'm definitely keeping an eye on Wickham. They are away at Bristol Rovers, but I'm not going to pick them. I've gone with Gillingham, <laughs> haven't I? Because so I'm just I'm still sort of talking myself through it. I was also impressed with Gillingham. They drew at Doncaster. They went ahead early and they looked really bright in the opening period of that game. 
they have not really replaced Eves uh, with a like the like for like striker. They have got um, Mandron in the squad, but he didn't play on the weekend. It was their really mobile, skillful, pacey front four that caught my eye. Uh, Brandon Hanlon at the top of of it. Uh, with Yakubiak, Charles Cook and Njoli, who's on loan from Bournemouth and looked quite bright, uh, behind him. And then behind them, you've just got Cisse, who they signed from MK Dons, and O'Keefe sitting in front, screening the defence. So I quite like that front six for Gillingham in in space. Uh, and I think at Burton, or against Burton rather, I think Burton are the sort of team that are very comfortable in possession. I wouldn't be surprised if Gillingham seed possession, let them have it, uh, and try and exploit that space with Buxton at the back for for Burton, alongside John Joe O'Toole, who I was surprised to see playing centre-back. Brayford at right-back, you know, these are players who I would suggest are on the slower side. So I'm hoping that the pace of the Gillingham front line could be quite a lot for for them to handle. So, you know, they're a home team. They're around the 2-1 to mark. It's a tentative fancy, but uh, Gillingham is my third selection here. Um, What... Have we got left now to go through, George? What are you going to talk me through next? You're off to Portman Road um, for what is a highly anticipated game between two of the biggest clubs to ever be in the third tier of English football. But I think it might be a bit of a snooze fest. Uh, Ipswich getting the win at Burton um, with a deflected Luke Garbutt strike. Weren't particularly good value for their win. They had an XG of, of 0.6. Uh, but looked pretty solid uh, when they went one nil up. Didn't really um, look in much danger, and that could tell some of the story as to why it was a low, uh, a low figure. But under um, Paul Lambert, he's a manager that we don't associate necessarily with taking too many risks, and it feels like his quest to take uh, Ipswich back up to the Championship may be built on on a sound defence. Um, and with Sunderland, we all know the story here. Um, Sunderland fans very upset with the way that they played against Oxford with the with the, the same tactics despite new personnel, of not going for the jugular, of generally looking to be pretty safe and, and struggling to create any chances from open play whatsoever, um, relying on a penalty to, to get the point. So it, it's a game that neither team will want to lose, uh, given the, you know, the fact that they will both believe they're going to be title rivals come the end of the season. And uh, as we know, Jack Ross absolutely loves a one-all draw um, <laughs> for Sunderland. And I think that's purely because of his, his, the way that he sets his teams up. Uh, not to attack from the off, and then when they concede, um, they're not particularly attacking again. So they they can they struggle to get more than one on the board. Um, I'm going to put the nil nil in there too because, as I say, I think it could be a cagey one with both teams just desperate not to let anything go. So uh, under two and a half goals and a draw is three to one, and that's my other bet for the weekend. Under two and a half goals and a draw, right? So, so... basically nil nil or one one. Okay, well, I know that Sunderland fans are getting pretty bored of that one all scoreline. So for their sake, I hope hope... they enjoy the (laughs) (laughs) nil-nil. Well, quite. Look, uh, I have gone with a central defender, first goal scorer bet uh, for my bonus selection. That will be no surprise to anyone who listened to the betting show last season. Um, We didn't really do goal scorer bets last season. But uh, if I have my way, whatever happens to this betting show in the coming months, uh, I will be selecting a um, lower league centre-back to score first. And I'm just really confident that this is something that I'm good at. So let's see how we go. Uh, I'm going to pick Matt Preston of Mansfield, uh, who you can get at 28-1 to with Bet365. First goal scorer. The beauty of that is you can also bet each way on this. So it's one third of the price each way. 
Uh, and it's un- unlimited places, which means Preston could score the sixth goal in this game uh, and we'd still get that each way money. So um, it's quite a, it's, for me, it's just a, it's probably my fun bet of the weekend every weekend, trying to pick a centre-back to score or, or someone from a set-piece generally is my thinking. Had a couple of good ones last season uh, and hopefully Preston's going to get us off to a good start. Uh, where have I come to this from? Well, Mansfield play three at the back. Uh, Pierce and Sweeney and Preston are all very good in the air. Big targets from set pieces. Uh, they're playing against Morecambe, who play four at the back. So just the two centre-backs for Morecambe. My first thought is always, who's going to mark the third centre-back if if it's a three against a two? So that was a place that I started. Mansfield, heavy favourites, as you'd expect for this game. Um, just 1.68 best price at the moment as I speak. They're at home. I'm expecting them to dominate it. And with dominance, generally, I'm assuming, comes a fair amount of set pieces. They scored from a set piece against Newport of all teams, the set piece masters. Uh, it was a brilliant ball in from Mellis and slammed home by the head of Christian Pierce. Um, they have got a few different uh, corner takers, Benning with the in-swingers from one side. They've got Mellis, who is suspended for this game, uh, and it'll be, I reckon, McDonald, who is fairly hit and miss, but I think has it in him to whip in a good delivery. Preston's very tall. You know, he's a pretty standard centre-back, isn't he? He's happy to put his head on things. So um, with Pierce very short after that goal last weekend, I'm going to pick up Preston at 28-1, to uh, first goal scorer. Bet 365, I'll be betting on him each way as well, so that if he scores any time, we've still got a, a, a 9-1 to winner or a bit better. So there we go, George. There's our selections for this week. Um, thank you so much, guys, for those of you who sent feedback after we asked for it last week. Lots of good thoughts uh, about how we could change the betting show, how we could improve the betting show. Um, and, the, you know, it was, it was funny to get a real range of, of, uh, <laughs> of replies. There are many of you who listen who would like it to be almost more betting heavy, more Asian handicaps and, uh, and more complicated in in some senses I guess and there's plenty of you uh, who I guess you would class as as the more recreational bettors who just want accumulators for the weekend George in terms of Akers let's just have a quick word about that it's difficult for us to really want to go down that path I think because for us for neither of us Akers just not really a, a big thing for us are they yeah I don't really do them to be honest I mean unless there's there's two or three that I think are, are like massive um, value then, then it's not it's not something it's not really the way that we bet. Um, but there's nothing to stop you, of course, from from putting all the stuff that we that we uh, suggest and putting them in a knacker. But uh, yeah, going around tipping up two to five shots to stick in a stick in a knacker is not really um, the way that we want to operate. No, no, spot on. So um, do do with our selections what you will, I suppose, guys. Um, they are there for you to put together if you'd like. But very hard to win accumulators, isn't it? So. Um, that's something to think about. I uh, hope you've enjoyed this betting show. Uh, we'll be back at the start of next week with a look back at the second weekend of the EFL season. Plenty of tasty fixtures, obviously, with the deadline of the transfer window happening for the championship today. As we record, I'm sure there'll be plenty of talking points there as well. Uh, have a great weekend. Please share the podcast if you've enjoyed it. Please get in touch with us and tell us which of our selections you like as well, which ones you vehemently hate and uh, and your own selections your own fancies ahead of the weekend it'd be great to hear from you thanks so much for listening we'll speak again on monday